Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am Melissa Oatman, your host from MelissaOatman.com. I'm so excited to have you guys here today as we have a very special guest. We have with us today Ms. Becca Powers, who is the author of the book Harness Your Inner CEO. She is also a tech, high-tech Fortune 500 sales exec, and she actually wears many hats. She's also an executive life coach. And today she is going to talk to us about not turning down our light to be light and the power of the word and and I cannot wait to dive into this conversation because it sounds fascinating and I can't wait to hear more about it. So thank you so much, Becca, for being here with us today. Yes, and thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. So before you start diving into the topic we're going to talk about today, I always like to ask our guests to just kind of go back and give us a little background about you, who you are and your journey of how you got to doing all of the fantastic things you do today. That's perfect. Cause I will probably start out with a story then, and it might have a touch of that. Don't turn down your light to be light. And I'll explain here in a second. So, um, as Melissa mentioned, I am a career sales executive. I've worked for office Depot, Dell, Cisco, lots of big logos. And, um, a lot of the time I've been a sales leader. So my story starts or restarts and stop, stops and restarts, let me say it that way, on my bathroom floor. So I don't know if any woman listening has ever had the most disempowered moment of when you're crying on your bathroom floor, like praying for change because things are that bad. And that's exactly where I was. And I had been a sales leader at Dell Um, I was a regional sales manager in 2013, and I, when I'm in a sales leadership position, I really focus, I have a, I call it a mission mantra, and that is people before profits. And I had got recruited by a different company outside of tech, and their motto was putting people first. And I was like head over heels. I was like, there's my sign. Like, Like, I'm going to go work for that company. And the company was great, had great leaders and things like that. But I went in with a different like velocity, right? I, I was different. And I was actually asked to turn my light down and to become, I uh, was asked to turn it down by 50%. And it absolutely shattered me. But in that moment, I really didn't understand the ask and I was just trying to be compliant. I was really relatively new and I'm normally very um, like strong, strong willed and, and very confident, but I found myself go small, super fast and submissive. And I just complied and was confused yet. I complied. So fast forward, I was in that role for three years. And after three years of turning down my light to be light, I got very, very sick. I ended up at that moment. And the moment I sat on my bathroom, bathroom floor crying, I had gained 30 pounds. I had um, been diagnosed with two anxiety disorders. I was living under chronic stress. I got autoimmune disease and not joking. My hair was literally like falling out in clumps. So Um, after a really bad day at work, I went home and did what I normally did when it was a really bad day. And I just started crying and, and this night was different though. Um, 
I was exhausted. It was end of the day, 10 o'clock at night, just put the kid, you know, have four kids, put everybody to bed, had those last few minutes of me time. And I dropped to my knees and I just started crying and I started praying too. I was like, God universe, like, just please like get me out of this situation. And I promise to take care of myself. (laughs) Like if you just get me out of this and, um, it's going to bring, um, wrap up here in a second, but I'm going to bring you back to that moment where I left Dell to go to this company. When I resigned from Dell, my VP at the time told me that, um, he was really proud of me because I was following this mission mantra, right? That was really important to me. And he says, Becca, I'm really proud of you. You are the CEO of your life. And that, in that moment in time, I remember it so crystal clear because it sent, it sent goosebumps all over my body. Like something really resonated that day, but I didn't, I didn't take it right away. Right. I had to go through this whole three years experience, crying on the bathroom floor, praying to God for another way for that memory to come right back to my forefront. And it was just like, instantly, I'm like, I'm the CEO of my own life. And in that moment, I was able to take control and go back into things. So that's a little bit about, um, you know, then I got certified as a life coach. Cause I was like, I gotta help other women, like rise into their power, um, activate their self-worth and just some other really, you know, key things. So that's a little bit about me, but I'm still in sales. I'm an executive life coach. I also got certified as a Kundalini teacher. Cause I really wanted to heal myself from the inside out. And I did so. That's incredible. And so did you continue working for that same company after that moment or did you? It's very short. I was there. So this moment happened in October and by the next day I had a job lead. It was the, I mean, the universe like delivered. It was like, boom, job lead. And by December I had my last day. Because you had put your faith in the universe and that I did. We're going Mm -hmm. to yeah, that's awesome. So you asked for help and it came to you um, with lightning speed. So that's awesome. Yeah. So how did you go from working at these Fortune 500 companies to then deciding that you wanted to help other people figure out how to be their own inner CEOs? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And it leans into that and a little bit. So when I was, um, I was still working at this job and still trying to make things work. And, and while I say that it was, it was toxic and I did get sick, there was also many elements about it that I loved, right? So like I had that inner conflict the whole time I worked there. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should quit, but I feel like crap, like all those things, right? Um, but to answer your question, the clarity around the and really came to me when I was doing my Kundalini teaching, actually. Um, I was getting certified as a Kundalini teacher. And I found my corporate people asking me like, why are you getting certified as a Kundalini teacher? Don't you know, yoga teachers don't make any money. What are you going to do? Quit your corporate job and, you know, live poor. And I'm like, I never really thought I was going to leave my job, but that's okay. I'm just following passions. And then my, my yoga community was like, you're in corporate, you're going to lose your soul. You know? And I was like, I'm like, I don't think it actually works that way, but you know? Um, so there was this really polarizing, um, ex- again, this inner conflict and this polarizing element was happening in my life. So it was at, um, some moment again, I was sitting in like a, a reflective state and I was like, what if I was just both? What if, 
What if I gave myself permission not to be conflicted? What if I gave myself permission to be a good mom and, you know, um, you know, a career woman and a yoga teacher? What if I just gave myself permission to be all of it at the same time? And like tears came down my face because just the thought of not having to choose became so liberating. Yeah, that's incredible because I think there's probably a lot of people out there who feel like they can't do two things. They have to do one or the other and they have to choose. And I don't think that's always the case. It's And, and the more I've been out there teaching and coaching and just talking about this topic, I have seen women actually burst into tears because they're like, oh my gosh, like I don't have to choose, right? And, you know, sometimes some people work in corporate and they feel they're tied to it and um, they don't feel like they can do a side hustle, but you can, you know, some people don't want to be an entrepreneur like fully, right? Um, so that part's not possible, you know, not in, in their thoughts, but maybe they're like, I want to be a yoga teacher, not to do anything, but I just want to study or I want to fly kites or whatever, but they're like, I don't have time for that. And, um, my thoughts are you do, if you give yourself permission to. Yeah, I think probably many of us hold ourselves back because of our own limiting beliefs around what we're capable of doing. Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. And I'll just give you an example of that because you asked like, how did I get into like the life coaching element and have time for everything? So like I have four kids, they're all teenagers now, but I mean, I've been raised, you know, raising four kids. I have two biological and two step. So I have that complexity of a blended family. And I work full time. I've been a sales leader or um, a high functioning sales, you know, um, sales executive when I'm selling to executives. So there's like big profile jobs. And then somehow I find time to be a life coach. And the thing is, is that everything's possible if it's, if your passion is behind it and if it's a priority. And if you give yourself that permission of, and, and who you get to make up your life. That's the whole thing. That's like the whole thing. You are the CEO of your life. That's why I like to say it because guess what? Yes. I'm an executive life coach, but I only take one or two clients a quarter because I like having my weekends off. I want to have flexibility to travel, but I still like having the work right? And, you know, maybe I'll be at a different point when I retire from tech that I can take on more clients. Sometimes during the summer, I'll take on three or four um, when my workload's a little lighter, but I get to choose that. And that's the freedom. And it is that I gave myself permission to. I love that. And I know you have a new book coming out that's Harness Your Inner CEO. So tell us a little bit about your book and what is that even mean to harness your inner CEO? So I talked about that bathroom floor moment, right? But well, the one thing I know about women specifically is if we are ever crying on the bathroom floor, the moment we stand up, we are not the same woman who sat down, right? Mm -hmm. So there, I, I get the goosebumps as I say that. There was literally a rise to me. Like I rose into my empowerment the moment that I stood up off the floor. Like when I had that thought come into my head that I'm the CEO of my own life, 
I had this instant wave of self-confidence and I had a lot of work to do. So I'm not saying like it was a magic wand, but I felt um, like a surge of my confidence come back. I felt a surge of my self-worth come back. So as I talk about harness your inner CEO, I really wrote it from the perspective of what it took for me to pull myself back together from that moment on the bathroom floor. And I really see it in three parts. One is first like your personal power. So the book is written in three parts, power, passion, and prosperity. And I feel like so many times the, we get not, we, we get the formula wrong, but not because it's wrong, just because we're trying to do all the right things and we're taking tips and tricks and just trying to make it all work. Um, what I found was the first step was me reclaiming my personal power, right? And that started with me prioritizing myself. What I found and um, what I found was when I looked at my priorities, I had my career above me, I had my family above me, I had other people above me. And no wonder at the end of the day, I'm crying on a bathroom floor. I, I was nowhere in that formula. And um, so anyway, that's the first step. So I'll pause there to see if you have any questions or comments, but then we'll get into the other two. Yeah, and no, I think that is so super important. And there's so many of us out there who put everyone else ahead of our, ourselves. Um, we kind of go on the back burner of what we want, and what we need. So I understand why that would be the most important thing. Number one is taking back your power. I think that is so truly important. Yeah. Yeah. And then like um, in the book too, it's, it's in chapter three, but I have, um, I gave it some framework and I call it the ladder of self-worth, but you can actually get in there and kind of identify where you are in your ladder and then see if you need to move yourself up first. And there's some steps to do that. But what I found is as I started um, saying no, instead of yes, right? Like for all the listeners, like, you know, some of these things sound like really scary. It's like, oh, you're a mom and you're this, like, how do you even pull yourself up to the top? But it's not as hard as you think. Um, we're very resilient and um, a simple thing of, of not like maybe just not over committing yourself. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing because so many people, we feel like no is a bad word because yes. we've been conditioned from a young age that when we hear no, it's not a good thing. But no is actually a complete sentence and a very powerful word and a, a really good way to be able to take your power back by not saying yes to things that you really don't right. do. And that was one of the hardest things, especially for, for those that are working moms and in corporate, like I am an overachiever. I like to have my hands in everything, um, very passionate, but when I was committing to too many things, I was exhausted. Right. And so it was heartbreaking in an essence, because by me saying, no, I can't take on that meeting or I can't take on the project. That means I didn't have my hands in it. Right. I wasn't touching everything, mm -hmm. but you know, my, these tasks started getting assigned to other people. I wasn't invited to as many meetings. So at first I was like, am I making the right choice? But I'm telling you, ladies, if you're listening, keep going because what happens is peace. Like I started having time and space within me that I hadn't, hadn't had in a long, long time. And um, so that all helped me reclaim my power. And that's really what I, where I think that that first step comes from. 
Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people, whether we realize we do it or not, I think oftentimes we stay so busy because we don't want to be alone with our thoughts or alone with ourselves because that is a very, can be a scary thing if you don't have a good handle on the thoughts that you think about yourself or what you focus on when you're sitting in stillness. Right. I think that's why everyone, I mean, I think it's just <clears throat> one of the reasons I think that the pandemic was, you know, so significant is that it taught us we had to slow down. And I think so many of us don't do that enough. And I think, again, part of the reason for that is when you slow down and you're forced to sit with your thoughts, you may not like that. Absolutely. And people, you know, it, there's an uncomfortableness in sitting with yourself. Mm -hmm. And and that actually is a really good lead into the, the second point or part of the book, which is passion. I kind of found, like I was just mentioning, I kind of found that uncomfortable feeling, right? I was so busy all the time um, that I didn't have to feel. And once I slowed down, there was all these feelings and, you know, you can go down rabbit holes, which is fine. It's not horrible to understand where pain comes from and things like that. But at the end of the day, what I found is much more helpful is like, we're here to enjoy life. Right. So I had, I had this like reframe that happened in my head where I was like, what am I passionate about? You know? I'm passionate about helping people. I'm passionate about like writing. I've always wanted to write a book. Um, I'm passionate about yoga. Like, and so this time that became available, I'm also a concert junkie. I love concerts. Like there's so many things that I love, but I didn't ever had time for all this stuff. So it always felt like something that maybe I'd get to when I retired or I don't know, some faraway land. And, um, what I started doing is just, it's something simple, like for listeners too, like the people, some people ask me, like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I'm like, actually you do, because it's so natural to you that it doesn't even like, you don't even have to think about it. Like if you look at your Instagram feed or your Pinterest feed, right. You're going to find that you, you're going to find what you like. And typically what you're following are areas of your passion. Yeah, that's definitely, um, something to think about. I find for sure on Pinterest that my boards uh, follow my passion. I have a Reiki one and then there's one for cooking because I like to cook and all of those different things. So yeah, definitely. Um, I love the tip of just going and seeing where are you naturally gravitating towards right now. Right, exactly. And all of that's allowed to change too. And that's where I go into the power of and like today I might like this and tomorrow I might like that. And that is absolutely okay. Yeah. I love that because so many people get stuck and caught in that. I started this and now I have to finish it, but I don't really enjoy it, but I need to finish it. I mean, to me, if you start something and you've done enough of it and you know it's not something that's for you, there's no reason to like make yourself finish it. I mean, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Awesome. And so, and then that was the second part of the book was towards finding your passion. So, and the third part of your book then is about is, is prosperity. prosperity. So, how my formula worked, like, and I think it's, you know, when, if you are, when you are getting that reflective time and you're coming back into your power and you're, you're getting more time and space, one really thing, and you're starting to think about passions, um, 
you know, identifying how you like to express yourself, I think is one of the most um, important things. And it was for me because I am a creative. I like creative self-expression. Like I can write, I can talk, like I like it all. Like if it has to do with creative self-expression, I am all about it. And um, that was really important because for years I was trying to like mission abort on my sales career, right? Like I'm like, am I gonna be a salesperson for the rest of my life? Um, And then I'm like, wait, this is actually really aligned to me. Like I get to help people. Like those are my passions. I listed some of them. I'm like, oh my God, my job. Like is really serving all the things that I liked. So instead of running from it, I ran into it. And I found that um, when I left that job, I, I left sales leadership. I went back into a sales executive role. So I'm supporting like, I sell more to executives and organizations, like high level solutions. But my point is, is that I wanted more freedom. I wanted more flexibility in my schedule because I found passion. So sometimes sales leadership, I mean, great. I'm, I still consider myself a sales leader, but at that time required too much of my, of me. Right. And so in this role, I can express myself. I can have time to be on podcast and write a book and still work full time and check this ladies, my job supports it. Like, so we get these ideas in our heads that we can't do this, right? This is the, where the when I'm asking you to replace your and with an or it's like, I can either be an author or I can work full-time. Well, guess what? I have an and, and my job supports it. (laughs) So leading into the prosperity piece and then I'll pause. It's like when I got the power, my personal power in check, when I came in, in touch with my passions and I allowed myself to have space to work have my yoga. I do Reiki too. I'm a Reiki level two, like have all my things, right. I started making more money. (laughs) Like, and then I wasn't like chasing the money. Like I had been like, that's why I said, sometimes I think the formula gets upside down. We might have money first. And that's why we're doing all these things. Well, it's like, I just want to feel good. And then I started making more money. So that's why I end the book with prosperity. Yeah. I love that. And I think that that's the piece that a lot of people still struggle with too, is that prosperity piece. You know, there's a lot of people out there who feel like they're constantly trying to chase money. Um, so what, what advice do you give someone who may be out there thinking that? I would bring you back to self-worth. There is an interconnectedness between your self-worth and your net worth. And when you really sit down to, to look at it. And I write about this a little bit in the book too. Um, like I'll just give you an example. So when I was disempowered at that job, I was scared to leave my job because I was like, what if I get fired? Like all my thoughts were low vibration, right? Because my, at the core of it, like, I would tell you that I had good self-worth because I didn't know I was broken, but this is what I mean. Like we get, especially as women doing multiple things for multiple times, I'm just going to digress for one second and bring it back forward. We have a high, like an amazing ability to tolerate the intolerable or to accept the unacceptable, or just to get into a rut and power. I call it powering through things don't even have. Sometimes we tolerate the intolerable, but other times we're just so busy raising kids, working full time that we literally power through not a week, not a month, a year, 
and then another year, right? And the more you power through, the more disconnected you get with yourself. And the more you get disconnected with yourself, the more your self-worth gets impacted. And what I noticed is that the more my self-worth got impacted in reflection, right? The harder it was for me to earn money. The more I worked on prioritizing myself, right? Um, restoring my self-worth, making sure I did things that where I felt appreciated, valued, et cetera, um, the more money I made. And like, I'll just pause there. I don't know if you have anything to say, but I was like, I have a client story too that I want to share just to kind of show, but I'll, I'll pause for a second. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with everything that you just said. And I think it, it really is all, I love that interconnected. It truly is. Uh, and I think that it's so important to go back and look inward at, you know, how do I feel when it comes to money as far as do I feel like I'm worthy of it? Do I feel like I'm worthy of being able to take time off when I need it or to go and do nice things for myself when I need it? <laughs> exactly. 100%. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So what client story were you going to share with us? So I had one of my clients, I have a lot of like mid-level managers because I spent so much time in, in like mid-level to senior leadership. So I had... Um, one of my clients was a senior regional sales manager and again, really making six figures, really successful, everything on the outside. And I feel like this is so often like we package ourselves. So we look like we're perfect on the outside, but on the inside, things just aren't right. 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 And so, but she came to me cause she was just like in a space where she um, was in a separation with her husband, but she didn't know if she should go, should go forward with a divorce. So I think first it's kind of started around more relationship stuff. But what we found out is that she was really suffering from low self-worth, right? And as we worked on like, I don't care, I told her, I don't care about your husband. I don't care about the job. Like, yes, those things are really important. And I understand, but those are just the manifestation of what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. I care about what's inside. And I feel like you haven't focused in there in a very long time. So let's like go in. And um, I really, I took her through all um, 13 steps in my book, but um, what we found is when she increased her self-worth, right? She knew she needed to leave. She knew all the answers, they were within, right? She knew she needed to leave. She left, built her self-worth up a little more. She knew that she was being mistreated at her job, left, went to another company. She went from thinking that she, wasn't going to be hireable anywhere else to becoming a VP at another company. Right. And so that's like what I'm saying. Like we, we, and you mentioned it earlier in this conversation too, we put the limitations on ourselves, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. But there's that interconnectedness between the net worth and the self-worth that was when the self-worth gets rid, when the self-worth rises, so does the net worth. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you use that story because I've seen the same thing happen with clients that I've worked with too, where they come to me and they're telling me like, I don't know what to do, but then they'll say, I'm 90% sure that I should do this. And then I'm 10% sure, like I'm doubting 10% that I think maybe I should try this. And it always just 
I want to laugh, but not at them. Just thinking, you just told me you already know what to do, but we've got to learn how to start trusting ourselves more. And I think that comes with taking back your power and Absolutely. Again, increasing that self-worth because when you believe in yourself, then you believe that you know what's best for yourself. What you said just gave me the goosebumps because there is that, that spiritual piece or that into that intuition piece. And I talk a lot, a lot about that in the book as well, but it's like, when you start second guessing yourself and you start packaging yourself, so you're digestible for other people, um, really what you're doing is telling your intuition, you don't know what you're talking about. I, my brain, me, I have this, right? Yeah. And um, as you start prioritizing yourself, like I said, your intuition gets sharper and those gut instincts become clearer mm-hmm. and you're, you're able to follow like the breadcrumbs right. And start trusting. And the more you start doing it, the more things start to work in your favor. And all of a sudden your life is like this little magic miracle box. And you're like, Oh my God, how did I go from like, you know, barely surviving to like thriving and actually like giggling when I see a butterfly now or something like that. Yeah. It's so true. Um, when you, and I always say this, I, I think back to when you said you were on the bathroom floor and you're just praying, like, help me give me help show me what to do so many people i know can relate to that and have been in that same spot and what i've found to be true is when you ask that what where the disconnect comes is oftentimes people will ask that but then they keep going and they don't listen to what comes next and i think it's when you do exactly what you did and when you listen to your intuition when you ask for the help and then you stop and you get still and you listen for the guidance that comes and then you start taking the action that you're right. given to take that's when everything starts to fall into play but where a lot of people get stuck is they they ask for the help and then they still keep doing their own thing trying right. to navigate yeah or they overanalyze or like oh that can't really be what where i'm being guided it's like well okay but when life doesn't start work, when life like does the same loop and you're still unhappy, maybe you'll come back and give that whole thing a try. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think of the meme that's on Facebook that was like, universe, give me a sign. And it's the person laying on the ground with a stop sign over the top of them. Like, yeah, but is that my sign? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I Gotta hit me over the head, literally with the sign. And I feel like that's how many of us are. We just don't trust mm-hmm. enough or have faith enough in um, that we're being guided and that also we all have intuition and it's the best internal GPS, but so many of us do like I do with my real GPS, which is miss the turn. And my GPS is like, yes, recalculating. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I didn't and I think that, that you bring up a really good point. And, you know, there's, um, a lot of struggle with perfectionism. And I hear that a lot in current conversations, which I think is fantastic, but you bring up a really good point with like, sometimes we miss the turn, right? I think the important part is that we give ourselves permission to choose again, Mm -hmm. right? And I have a kind of like my own philosophy, but like, I like to just own my decision when I screw, when I screw up and I make a bad decision, be like, I did go into it. I don't think any of us go into making a decision poorly, 
You know, it's like, I'm just going to choose to royally, you know, screw that up. No, that's not how we make things. We, you know, even if we don't follow our intuition, we're trying, we have like our pros and cons list and we're doing all the things. Um, sometimes we just don't get it right. Yeah. And instead of beating ourselves up, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Or What if instead of that, you just said, I can choose again. Mm-hmm. I love that because when you think about a real GPS system, have you ever noticed if you miss the turn, it will try to take you forward and turn you around. And sometimes that can take you 10 or 15 minutes out of your way to turn around, to get to another place where you can turn around instead of just pulling into the gas station, turning around and then making that turn that you just missed because you know where it is because you saw it. You're like, oh, I know I missed that turn but then it was gonna to try to take you all the way out of your way. And I remember so many times that has happened, I'm thinking to myself, why would the GPS take me that way? You know, I'm just gonna turn around. And that's how it is in life too. If you've made a mistake, you don't have to keep going down that road to prove that, well, I picked this, so now I gotta live this. And because I think right. a lot of people do that. They're like, oh, well, if I made this decision, and I'm going to have to live with the decision I made and I'm going to have to keep making this mistake because I've already been making it for so long. Instead of just saying, what if I turn around and go the other way now? Like I see my turn. I see what I needed to do. Can I just turn around now and go turn? Right. Absolutely. Like, and, do that? and we have that choice. And even going back to my example of, you know, going into that job and half loving it and half hating it and all of those things. Um, there, I spent a lot of time trying to go down rabbit holes of like, oh, I should never have taken the job or different things like that. And then I finally kind of what you're saying, just like own that I did it. Right. And I went through with the information I had on hand at the moment in time, I was following my mission mantra. There was no way anybody was going to tell me I wasn't going to take that job. Right. And in hindsight, now I wrote a book about it. So, you know, here's, here's what I'm saying, but I owned, I left tech, which everybody was like, I can't believe you're leaving tech to go to, you know, into staffing. Like no one does that. And so there were so many things that people were saying, but where I want to go is that instead of beating myself up about the decision, I reflected back why I made it. And I actually made it for a really good decision for, for, for really good reasons. One was that it was my mission mantra. Two was that in tech, I traveled a lot. My kids were in middle school and this job got me home every night, Right. So there's another, I didn't know I was going to be working 12 hour days and actually gone home more than I was in my other role. I didn't know that at the time, but if I go back through my checklist, I'm like, oh, this is why. And the other thing was I was, um, developing my leadership profile and I got to sit on the executive council and that was a role I hadn't done yet. And quite frankly, in an organization, the size of Dell, I was never going to be on an executive council. Right. So I got the experience I wanted. It didn't work out the way I wanted to, but in owning it, this is, I'm going to wrap this up here, but in owning it, I've been able to carry that story with me. So when I've interviewed for other companies, when I came back to tech, they were like, what the heck did you do, girl? Like, why did you leave tech to go to healthcare? And it's something that I could have been embarrassed about. I could have been in shame or guilt, like, oh, I don't know or whatever. But I said, no, I made it for these reasons. And I've had VPs look at me in the face and say, yeah, I probably would have gone too. Yeah. You know, so kind of a longer story, but I wanted to illustrate 
just what you were talking about that sometimes, you know, we miss the turn, but we, if we're following our internal GPS, we can choose again and we don't have to dismiss or, or, or harm ourselves with our thinking and our, and, and our words towards ourselves um, in any way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think the self kindness and compassion is so super important. Yeah. We don't, none of us know what we're doing exactly. Right. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the whole, <laughs> so like, right. And that's like when people like, and then I, and self-worth is a really tricky wrapper to unwrap. Right. But like people, I'll have like really confident women. I deal with like powerful women and they're like, you know, status and all this stuff. But then they'll say like, oh, um, you know, things like that. Like I, um, I don't have self-worth issues, but then they can't admit to being wrong and other little things like that. I'm like, well, (laughs) maybe we should explore that. I know you're not ready for it yet, but yeah, Yeah, that is, you know, but uh, people, I think, yeah, it is wrong. It really is Mm -hmm. Uh, because it admits that you're human and that you don't have all the answers. But I mean, to me, that's comforting to know that I'm not supposed to have all of the answers. Yes. Very comforting for me too. And I think, um, I think that ties into your evolution and growth Yeah, when you can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I have loved this conversation and it's been so much fun. Me too. And, um, if anyone wants to buy your book, cause I know that you said tomorrow, well, it'll be today when people are listening to this, that you have a free ebook. Like yes. Yes. It's free ebook Wednesday. Woo. <laughs> but um, my book is currently Harness Your Inner CEO is on pre-order. It goes live next Wednesday, October 13th. But we have uh, working with the publisher and tomorrow is free ebook Wednesday. So if you go on Amazon and you type in Harness Your Inner CEO, the ebook is free for Kindle Unlimited users. And two ninety, it's discounted down to two ninety nine if you want to purchase it. But um, most most people have Kindle Unlimited, so go get yeah. it. It's free. Amazon, harness your inner CEO. That's awesome, and we'll have the link too in the show notes, so you can just go right to the show notes and click on it to get your free ebook. So I love that. And now, um, if people want to follow you or they want to work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, all my social media handles are the same. So LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram are all Becca powers, 1313. And then my website is beccapowers.com. Awesome. And I'll have the link in the show notes for her website too. So you can click and go directly there. You've already given us a lot of wisdom for today, but I always like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with one little nugget of wisdom that they could take with them for the day. So if there's any piece of advice, what would you tell people? Don't turn down your light to be light. I love that. Exactly. Show up. People want show you, up. Need you to show up. Mm-hmm. Especially you. You yourself need you to show up fully. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This was such a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and good luck with your book too. Thank you. It's going to be a bestseller, right? It's really close. Very close. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think my audience members will probably help you out with that today. So that's great. Thank you guys in advance.
And I want to thank all of you for listening. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to recommend this podcast to someone else. I also want to remind you that you can follow me on social media. I go live Mondays on Facebook at 630 Central, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I'll pull a card especially for you. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaobin.com. Also, if you like this podcast so much, you can join my Patreon and I have access to two exclusive episodes a week that are not open to the general public. So check that out too. All of the links are in the description to the podcast. I hope you guys have a beautiful day today from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.